Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 422. July 21st, 2020, I believe, was on this day man landed on the moon in 1969. 104 degrees was the high in 1934, and 49, uh, Chile is uh, 49 degrees in 1947. These uh, weather records, which I present for my amusement, are brought to you by Aquaside, keeping beaches free of weeds. And now... From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Got a great email from Mark Engdahl who writes, Joe, I heard your discussion about Trader Joe's and the non-controversy controversy about product naming. It occurred to me that the politically correct aggrieved must be unable to shop for groceries safely. Avoiding offensive marketing is to avoid looking directly at any shelves at all. Just try getting past the salsa aisle. Paul Newman is one high schooler away from being canceled for appropriating someone else's culture. Perhaps they will all starve. Let's go back to Trader Joe's. Uh, that uh, they caved into a high school student who insisted that uh, calling their uh, products uh, Trader Jose or Trader Josan or Trader Giotto or what have you uh, was tantamount to exoticizing those cultures, which, and I still don't think that means anything. But the story gets worse, boys. Uh, oh, it was, wait, how can it possibly get worse? Uh, a guy named Howard Bloom wrote a long piece about it in the Los Angeles Times uh, with the headline, to, in, uh, Star Tribune picked up the story, the headline being Trader Joe's to cut ethnic-sounding product names. But you... Uh, you get down to this, and I, I learned more. Uh, uh, although that, oh, I have to go way back. Remember, it was uh, Briona somebody who did this, right? Let me find her name. Uh, much of this story is what we had yesterday. I want to, uh, Brionis Bedell, 17, who was about to start her senior year at a San Francisco area high school. <clears throat> her family has shopped occasionally at the local Trader Joe's, and she said Sunday night that offending labels remain throughout the store. Her family will not patronize Trader Joe's for the time being. She said she was encouraged by the company's response, but wants Trader Joe's to commit to a timetable for removing the products with the ethnic-themed labels. She added that she is far from the first person to call public attention to this matter. While she understands that there are financial costs to relabeling or removing products, the petition remains important because Trader Joe's lacks the urgency to deal with this issue in the current climate, she said. Now, here's where it gets even more confusing. In her petition, Briones also calls into question the company's story about the origin of the market's mildly nautical theme. At the time, founder Joe Colombi had been reading a book called White Shadows in the South Seas, and he had been to the Disneyland Jungle Trip ride, and it all just coalesced, the company's website said. Although the 1919 book by Frederick O'Brien portrays white capitalists as destroyers of native culture, critics, including Briones, have accused the narrative of perpetuating the myth of the noble savage and the white god. 
The book was made into a 1928 silent film that was considered a technical and artistic landmark at the time. The petition also criticizes the use of stereotypes in Disney's Jungle Cruise. The first Trader Joe's opened in 1967 in Pasadena, California, and offbeat humor has long been the rhetorical soundtrack for good deals on eclectic and sometimes unpredictable line of products. The privately held chain has expanded to more than 500 stores nationwide. Local stores have been no less popular during the coronavirus pandemic, offering to spray hand sanitizer on customers and disaffecting all carts and baskets. A testament to the chain's popularity and its appeal to the conscious consumer is that two other Trader Joe's petitions uh, also have gained on the change.org site. One calls for the company to reduce plastic packaging. It has 124,000 signatures. And another begs the company to own a branch in Beaumont, Texas. It has more than 2,800 signatures. But just as Trader Joe's Transformer began focusing as much on selling granola as liquor, standards for acceptable mainstream humor have also evolved. Referring to the book The Disneyland Ride and the Trader Joe's Labels, the petition said the common thread between all of these transgressions is the perpetuation of exoticism, the goal of which is not to appreciate other cultures, but to further other and distant, further them from the perceived normal. The current branding, given this essential context, then becomes even more trivializing and demeaning than before. What it, what at first what at first seems at worst insensitive further is called into question. I I, I can only uh, continue to insist that this is insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disney Disney is the jungle ride. Isn't that where you're riding in the boat and a fake hippopotamus comes out of the water? Right, yeah. That kind of thing, I, I, yeah. I was on it a number of times as a youth. Yeah. So what's the problem? Why is that? What? What? Who are we trivializing? Places where hippopotamuses live? Yeah, I, I guess. I, you know, it, it's not, it wasn't a problem for me. Uh, and I, uh, I love the phrases. emailer. Uh, going back to the opening email, Mark, uh, he's absolutely right. Paul Newman is one high schooler away from getting canceled. And if I'm not mistaken, doesn't all his salsa products, doesn't that go to charity? It does. Yes. All, right, the, all yeah. the profits. Mm-hmm. There's also been some talk about uh, Walt Disney and his Uncle Remus series, Br'er Rabbit or Briar mm-hmm. Rabbit and all of that, um, as being racist. I actually have that book that I received as a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the images are over the top, um, but I, I can't even tell you what the story was about. It's been so long. And well, bear in I, mind I that these are. I don't people, think it shaped me, Such. I don't think I don't it think had so. any, any impact on my life. Uh, bear in mind that uh, these cancellations uh, disappoint me because these companies uh, give in too soon. Uh, that disappoints me that no one stands up and say to this young lady, are you crazy, lady? Are you out of your mind? There's nothing. There, that's why the word means nothing anymore. Yeah. Black, bl- we, black Americans should be alarmed that the word has been appropriated uh, by use of uh, for white people to diss each other it means nothing anymore it's it's getting harder and harder to define serious racism when it's become racism itself has become so trivialized racism is an important and, and horrible dynamic in american culture and with each high school senior writing these third two-bit papers it becomes trivialized it gets harder and harder to take it seriously is everybody asleep today? No, no I'm, I, just, I, I'm, I'm just listening. waiting. I'm just uh, waiting. Sorry. And I, 
I have something to add, but I'm scared to add it, and I want to talk to you about it during the break. Something that was said to me yesterday by a black guy that was... Uh, uh, it left for the rest of the day. It left me. I I don't know how to respond to that, sir, and uh, I don't know how to would feel it, about that. Would it uh, weigh into this conversation that we're having right now? It might. I, instead of saying he. Well, uh, then let's take a break and tell me about it. And if it's worthy okay. of adding to this discussion, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll okay. be right back. We'll we right will, right. but first I'm going to tell you about the Chill Boys in this uncomfortable, <laughs> awkward transition. Chillboys.com. They are not uncomfortable at all. In fact, just the opposite. They are the most comfortable underwear you will ever know. Thank you to all of the GLers that emailed me over the course of the weekend, including Brian, Terry, John, Keith. Thank you so much. They are now part, just like the Garage Logic crew is, of the Chill Boys family local minnesota company and they ship anywhere in the continental u.s check out their website they have uh, a selection of the bamboo boxers the performance boxers also some really cool t-shirts and sunglasses as well but you get it in a snap of the finger that shipment comes right to your front door front door what now chillboys.com is the website also at chillboys brand on twitter garage logic we'll be back in a moment Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Oh, my goodness. I don't don't think GL or Chris Miller, the owner of AMI Construction, I don't think he's going to answer his phone when Souchere calls, especially after yesterday's story. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. I hope he's ready for a whole You guys really fell for that, didn't it? It was a bit. (laughs) That's what my brother, my brother calls me and said, please, dear God, tell me Joe made that story up. Uh, You know what? Of course he's going to answer the phone when Such calls. He'll survive the encounter. Um, Aim high. Aim high construction. MN.com. They can get you a deck or a roof or if they need to pierce your tube of caulk for you in the proper manner. He'll do that for you, too. As you know, Aim High Construction, they're doing a bunch of jobs around our house. They already did the deck. It's perfect. We now have a showpiece in our backyard. I can't wait to see the results of the kitchen. More storm, wind damage, hail damage. It's been rolling through nonstop lately. And sometimes that storm damage, we look at our roof and go, yeah, I don't know, looks okay to me. You got to get a pro up there, and you may as well go with somebody you trust. That's aimhighconstructionmn.com. The experience will will tell you what needs to be done. Maybe maybe you didn't have damage. They'll let you know. Uh, that cruddy old garage sitting out there by your alley, yuck. They can get that thing out of there and put a new one in its place. Toot sweet. Same with any other thing around your home and or work. And yeah, commercial buildings, those jobs, they're a go. You name it, they do it, and they do it like GLers with pride and skill. And the customer, that's us, you, me, all of us, you're going to be kept involved and updated for every step in the process. Joe, I am now taking a nail. I am now piercing the tube, the top of the cock, the proper way. The uh, the website, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Put that project in the hands of somebody who gives a rip about you and your project. It's the GLers at aimhighconstructionmn.com. Joe, do you have something to say to us? Uh, maybe a, a little bit of a correction? Yeah, the moon landing anniversary was yesterday july 20th i misspoke wasn't the walk today the walk was the 21st i think yeah there's a site called uh, level.medium.com and i uh 
I looked it up, and it's just a, a sounding board for people who write various things about American culture. There's a guy on there today named David Kaufman who has written about the racism he finds in traffic signals. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, do what now? Uh... A few months back, before COVID-19 kept us in our homes and George Floyd made us take to the streets, I was walking with a friend, her daughter, and my twin sons. My friend is white, and I'm not, something I'd never given a second thought until we reached a crosswalk. Remember, honey, she said to her daughter as we waited for the light to turn green, we need to wait for the little white man to appear before we can cross the street. I realize that white people like to exert control over nearly everything everyone does, I thought. But since when did this literally include trying to cross the street? So he goes on for eight pages. Eight pages? To analyze the walk-don't-walk situation in America. That doesn't even get an extra thought, let alone eight pages. That's simply a lighting thing. It's easier to see. Well, I'll get to that. He writes, my boys are a few months younger than her daughter, and we hadn't yet tackled the crossing the street component of basic toddler training. But as a black dad, I was struck by the language at play. How is it possible that well into the 21st century, parents all over Manhattan, well-meaning, BLM-marching parents, are teaching their children to ask little white men for permission to cross the street? Uh, It bothered me so much that I began to dig deep into my 40-something consciousness to try and remember if I was raised... Asking a little white guy to let me cross the street. Were these the words my progressive white mother used to teach her little brown children the fundamentals of pedestrian safety? Turns out I wasn't raised this way, and neither most likely were you. And then he goes on to give out to give the history of, of stoplights and traffic signals. And that took him to uh, contacting the Federal Highway Administration. Uh, it turns out that the little white man isn't a man. It's a home. A hominoid, how the folks at uh, the uh, Federal Highway Administration initially described it, although later they referred to him as a gender-neutral walking person, an icon that actually dates back to the 1940s. At that time, walk and don't walk typified traffic signage, but began to be phased out because words could be misunderstood by increasingly globalized populations. So then we went to the little guy there, the little hominoid. Uh, the walking person's first major move took place in 1971 when it became enshrined in the Manual on Uniform Traffic Control Devices. Uh, it was an alternative to walk and don't walk. And so for the next 40 years, uh, we, our little friend slowly and formally replaced its outdated predecessors until 2009, and that's when the walking person became uh, a standard uh, along with the bright red hand telling folks not to walk. So I suppose Native American culture, I suppose, could object to the the red hand, right? It's not sure, white. Red mean, red it's mean not stop. white. It's, it's called lunar white, according to the government. A shade of white with yellow and gray accents that mimics the color of the moon. Lunar white wasn't chosen because it sounds cool. According to the research, the agency spokesperson said, moonlight offers the peak sensitivity for the rod cells in the human retina. In other words, our vision is predisposed to favoring the clarity and intensity of moonlight. Uh, In the end, it's not that the walking man is so super-duper white. Rather, his true competitive edge is that he's super-duper bright. The use of bright colors offers the greatest contrast against a dark background. They do not lend themselves to confusion with other colors and are thought to provide the greatest level of comprehension and safety. 
uh, there you have it. So this this complete nutcase, uh, I couldn't find any of his other writings. If this is what he's going to write, he's never going to make much money. He, uh, he, <laughs> they're going to call it the, uh, so in his house, they're going to call it the bright light. Uh, what are they calling it? The bright light man or something, not the white light. Oh, anyway, what the hell? It, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, how, now, you know, you could say, he could say, well, you know, as a white person, it never would have occurred to you. Uh, and my response would be, you're right, uh, because it's a traffic signal. It's not human. Right. It has right. nothing to do with uh, personal interaction. It has nothing to do with uh, uh, you and I. It's a, it's a piece of machinery, you moron. And plus, <laughs> what, what does he want the light to be, black, so you couldn't see it? What the hell would he, he offers nothing in you, his piece. Yeah, the, the background's black, right? I mean, what? Yeah. How could I you, suppose you could have mm. a white background with a little black guy telling you that it's okay to cross the street. But uh, I, I, I don't know how much yeah. more I can take is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I, 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 oh, I think you've got a few more years of no, being no, able to no, take I mean, in you. I, I only bring this up because of, uh, again, it's insanity. Why is this country going insane? Why are we going insane? Why are we committing suicide? Why is this country so intent yeah. on ruining itself, destroying itself, yeah. committing suicide? Yeah. I, we have to be an I, I embarrassment don't. to the world right now. Did you see Jeremy Clarkson's tweet where he said, Hey, Americans, are, are you okay? Uh, from right. where I'm standing, uh, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, no, Jeremy, we're bonkers. That's what I, how I responded. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 what I can only conclude in Trader Joe's is what a multi-million dollar company. I would imagine tens of millions of dollars, 500 stores, excuse me. They let a high school senior completely upend their marketing department for no reason with, at all. With mm-hmm. 2,500 signatures on a petition. And, and now you got a guy, uh, it, this this will get no tread. This is so silly, it won't get any tread. But I pointed it out to show you that, that the insanity is everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, this, this guy, guy was disturbed. A lot of places, Joe. Yeah, uh, He writes for Forbes. Yeah. Financial Times, Business Insider, The New York Times, Time Magazine, Fox News, Hollywood Reporter, NBC News, and Aging and Society. Yeah, good for him. So he's, he's Joe, it. it reminds me of the guy that was put off by uh, the city worker or whoever power washing some steps. Yeah. Remember yeah. that story? It's well, that's what started power washing. That's what started yeah. power washing. Yeah. Uh, city councilman in Seattle who said mm-hmm. it reminded him of uh, hosing down civil rights marchers. So he power washed a power washer. That's where the term came from, and now it's happening every day. You could do uh, you could do ten a day, uh, but it just strikes me as amazing uh, because the only end game, the only end game, is ruination. Because you a you're trivializing racism, and, and this Kaufman character did it too. He trivialized racism by believing he could see it in a traffic light. Yeah. That all that does is is weaken actual racism. Where it That's exists. exactly right. Yes. It just it just weakens it. It makes it trivial. It makes it silly. How are people supposed to think about racism if if Trader Joe's Jose cookies are called racist? How are people supposed to really think about racism if this knucklehead thinks he sees racism in a traffic signal? 
that the word means nothing. You know, and I was going to ask you this because I thought about this after we got done doing the show yesterday. But do you think that the initial action of of uh, Trader Joe's was to seem even more woke than they than they want to be woke? You know what I'm saying? So did they did they end up windmilling themselves? I don't know what they did. They just they just so quickly caved. Uh, I guess the answer we came up with yesterday is because they don't want to lose any business, and they think acquiescing to these morons is good for their business. Well, they think that'll save them. Well, from sure, because they came to the woke nation. That's... Yeah, they'll they'll they they think they save themselves from the Goya food situation. Another preposterous. It, it uh, trivial, trivializes a uh, um, serious, real, good discussion about racism. A buddy of, of ours on Twitter, Such, Josh K, Crooked J73, tweeted us, linked us this morning with a, a debate going on on Twitter that was raised by a guy named Nathan Robinson about W.E.B. Du Bois, or mm-hmm. Du Bois, uh, and his writings in the 20s about the moral cowardice of Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. And I followed this string, and I read it for about 30, 35 minutes, and I read all the linked articles, and it was fascinating. Both sides were arguing, and they were arguing with uh, not only passion but knowledge, too. But every now and then, a moron would weigh in <laughs> and just completely trivial, trivialize all the good discussion that's going on about mm-hmm. Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. A- and, and these dum-dums need to just shut up and let the big people talk. I know in my heart that that teenager, uh, Brionis, I, I just feel it in my heart. I have no evidence, but I just feel it in my heart that she's being really, really poorly educated. I believe she's yeah. not learning about the history of this country. I believe, and again, no evidence, but it would be my suspicion that she's been exposed to much of what drives this cancellation culture, which is a dislike for this country. Yeah. It's a dislike for capitalism. It's a dislike for achievement and competence. I, I, five will get you ten. That's the kind of school she's attending, that that's what they're learning. They're not learning about Robert E. Lee or Ulysses S. Grant. They're not right. learning about the founding fathers. All. They're not no. learning about World War One, World War Two, especially at Sunrise and, and, Academy in White Bear Lake. Yeah, yeah. And how complicated it was. I mean, mm-hmm. the the North South Civil War thing was a complicated issue, and it it had brothers fighting against brothers, families against families, and and it's not something that can just be discounted and and shouted away by saying racism. I mean, it's an in depth intricate discussion she's never been taught that this country has done more for the human experience than any nation ever in the history of earth and what scares me about her such is not only nobody's ever said shut up kid but nobody's ever said listen kid you're wrong and here's why Mm -hmm. and then explain it to her so she understands and certainly not her parents they apparently are cheerleaders right Uh, yeah so it's kind of a hopeless situation and i think it's this it might be even the same phenomena that we see with that greta kid yeah you know nobody sat her down and said listen let's just learn something here her parents are her parents are in the theater i believe and uh, they they might enjoy this as a as an as an adjunct to their theatrical pursuits Uh, maybe they find maybe they find her behavior perfectly natural to the way she was raised by them uh, hell, she doesn't even go to school. So, well, oh, no, she was robbed of her childhood. She was robbed of her childhood because yeah. I have a car. Mm-hmm. 
while she <laughs> travels the world. <laughs> okay. I got to get a car, and I'm going to get it at Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. It's uh, right there when? in the southeast quadrant. Oh, well, certainly before the snow flies. Uh, southeast quadrant of Highway 61 and 36, Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. And I don't have a daily driver. I don't have a winter car, and I will be securing one. And when I do, it's going to be from Schmelz Countryside. I, I, I haven't yet taken advantage of this, but check this out. 0% interest for 72 months with 120-day payment deferral for all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens in stock, including the new flagship, the Atlas Cross Sport. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. And what you can do is arrange your own personal sales appointment. Hello? Uh, Is that a call to get a new vehicle? (laughs) That's a kid I used to have. Oh, okay. Uh, where was I? You were talking to us about Schmelz and that great 0% offer. Yeah. Oh, you get your own personal uh, sales uh, appointment. So first go to the website, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Search through the, inter- uh, the inventory. Uh, do your homework. Get all the stats you need. Call Schmelz and arrange for a test drive. 651 243 Four three one six. I like them all. I like Volkswagens. I've owned Volkswagens. I like uh, Alfa Romeo. I've owned two. Uh, I like Fiats and keep threatening to get the one twenty four Spider. I like what they have there. They're they're uh, uh, it's they're nifty. Uh, they're not the usual automobile. They're more interesting than the usual automobile. Three great names: Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat at Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Hello? It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Say, if you have a hankering to go out for dinner, happy hour, whatever, check out our friends at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. A lot of you jailers have made your way over to Hopkins, including the entire staff here in Garage Logic. They have a fantastic scratch Midwest kitchen. Their menu is outstanding. The juicy Lucette burger. Johnny Height, I know you had one. Yes, I did. What, about a week Delicious. ago? Was it about a week Man, ago? Two weeks. Two man. weeks ago. Two weeks. Uh, that is the best new item on their menu. But you can check out the entire menu. Go to 30bales.com. Happy hour is Tuesday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. They also still do brunch on the weekends, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but they're great people, and uh, the food is amazing. And they have a really good selection of handcrafted cocktails, too. But uh, a lot of $5 menu items and $5 drink options for that happy hour. But please, when you go to 30 Bales, let Todd and Tom, the longtime owners of that establishment, know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. Here's Johnny Height, the newsman. Thanks, Joe. Uh, they also have a Too Hearted Ale on tap. But, uh, <gasps> I haven't been since they put Too Hearted on tap. Yeah, that's, that's mm. what I had with my juicy Lucette. You know what you were? You were living a good life that day. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> uh, this uh, news update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. The Minnesota legislature has passed a package of police accountability measures that includes a ban on neck restraints like the one that was used on George Floyd prior to his death. The sweeping package passed early Tuesday after legislators worked through the night on the bill, which was said to be one of the most substantial changes to the state's criminal justice system in years. Some of the main details, 
A ban on chokeholds and warrior-style training to broader use of force reporting and mental health intervention training. The bill also creates a special unit in the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension to investigate use of force incidents. The bonding bill, meanwhile, did not have that much luck in getting through. Republican House Leader Representative Kurt Dowd said his caucus would not provide votes needed to pass a bonding bill without changes in the governor's emergency powers during the pandemic. John, you'll note that the uh, reformation of police departments is only uh, uh, an expansion of the government, the addition of these new layers of bureaucracy. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, other so COVID-19. wait a minute, so then wouldn't that be yes. the exact opposite of defunding the police? Well, ultimately, it's just, just going to be a more of a burden on the taxpayer. Yeah. The uh, mayor of St. Paul wants to uh, cut $9 million from the St. Paul police budget. It's about 10%. Oh. Uh, it's just, uh, we're, we're so poorly led in both the Twin Cities. It's just a shame at what we're witnessing happening in the just. Again, it's the month of George Floyd that exacerbated all this, put a big magnifying glass over it. And the fact that the residents allow it to happen. Because too many residents don't have skin in the game. They're proud, uh, these city council people are proud to be majority rental cities. They just don't have any, any place at the table. Uh, other COVID-19 news, Minnesota has reported its first COVID-19 death in a child amid a rise in cases of the disease among children and young adults. The death of a nine-month-old baby from Clay County, one of the youngest reported in the U.S. in the pandemic. The child had no underlying health conditions, was not hospitalized. State Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm described it as, quote, an isolated incident related to the infant's very specific situation. John, I, I, I want to ask a question about that, and I really, really yeah. don't want to come across as insensitive because I cannot imagine the horror of having to bury a nine-month-old child. That's got to be just awful. But when I read the story, there was a phrase in there that, that kind of caught me off guard, and it was mm -hmm. that the child had symptoms related to COVID-19. So, so does that mean that the child just never was tested, or what, is, what does that mean? I don't know. I, I can't answer that. Okay. And again, I don't want to come across as insensitive, but I'm just saying that... You know. Well, you're so far, you're not being insensitive. My question would be, I wish you would, would you repeat Malcolm's sentence, please? Yes. Uh, an isolated incident related to this infant's very specific situation. Well, what, what was her very specific, what was her specific situation? We haven't been told that. We it's, don't know that. Yeah. yeah. It could have been a heart condition or, or asthma type condition sure. I mean, it, well it, no they it, said the child had no underlying yeah. health condition that's oh, why i wonder oh. well then what the hell was it oh, i'm sorry and that's yeah, why i yeah. asked the question because I, I i was watching local news and i don't want to indict the station but i was watching local news and the phrase was uh symptoms similar to covid19 hmm. so and, and does it mean does that very specific situation mean a living situation we don't know i don't know that's I don't very, know. Very nine month or 19 month? Nine month. Nine month. Nine month. Nine yeah. Boy or girl, do yep. we know? Um, I don't say think it's said. Uh, no, just baby is all, all right. it said. That's yep. a shame. It is. The St. Cloud City Council has passed an ordinance requiring masks to be worn inside places of public accommodation. It passed Monday night by a 5-2 to two vote. 
Those found in violation could be fined $250. Uh, some businesses are still adding the mask requirement. Cub Foods, the latest business to announce the requirement. In a release issued Tuesday morning, Cub says all visitors will be required to wear a mask or face covering while shopping in its stores. The requirement will go into effect on July 28th. President Trump acknowledging a big flare-up of COVID-19 cases, but divisions between the White House and Senate Republicans and differences with Democrats posed fresh challenges for a new federal aid package with the U.S. crisis worsening. And Trump convened GOP leaders at the White House on Monday as Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell prepared to roll out a $1 trillion package in just days. But the administration criticized the legislation's money for more virus testing and insisted on a full payroll tax repeal that could complicate, uh, complicate excuse me, quick passage. The political stakes are high for both parties before the November election. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and Acting Chief of Staff Mark Meadows are meeting privately today, Tuesday, with Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer. Uh, meanwhile, the president starts his press conferences on COVID-19 again this oh, afternoon. Oh, They're fun. <laughs> That'll be at 4 o'clock our time. Oh, boy, I can't today. wait. But although the best part about those is when we have, you know, CNN on in here and Roycey comes in and we get the good deep belly laugh when they'll show a Trump tweet. <laughs> that is always a treat for me personally. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci He's rejecting so much President fun. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fauci uh, rejecting President Trump's recent criticism of him in which he called the disease expert an alarmist. Fauci said in an interview, I consider myself a realist as opposed to an alarmist. Meanwhile, uh, this, I guess this is probably giving the needle to the president a bit, I would think. The Washington Nationals announced that Dr. Fauci will throw out the opening day first oh, pitch. John, I thought when that the, was a bit. That's real? No, that's, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> team will host the Yankees Thursday night and Dr. Fauci throwing out the, uh, the opening. I'm not kidding because I saw that on Twitter the other day and I thought it was a complete bit. But that's oh. legit. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> Authorities found the charred body of a man in the wreckage of that South Minneapolis pawn shop nearly two months after the building was torched in rioting that followed George Floyd's death. Investigators from the Minnesota Police Department, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives and the State Fire Marshal's Division were acting on a tip when they discovered the body Monday morning in the rubble at Maxit Pond, 2726 East Lake Street. Details about the circumstances and timeline of the case remain hazy, but a police news release said the man died in the blaze that destroyed the building on May 28th. A 25-year-old Rochester man, Montez Terrell Lee, has already been federally charged last month with arson in connection with that fire. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's just kind of weird, John. So nobody, nobody called him in when he didn't show up for work? There was no work to show up. Ah, for. got it, got John. it. John. Well, and we don't know that it, it probably was the employee in the building, the body, but he hasn't been identified yet. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I thought this was a rioter that did it. No, John. No. Oh. Well, that burned it down, yes. But John. I'm confused. Chris is confused. I'm but very we'll, confused. Uh, I'm, yeah, I so. wish Chris would just shut up so I can get a <laughs> sentence in here. Yes, Joe. That strikes me as a story you might hear coming out of Iran. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it's almost a story, another indication of American decline. There Wasn't there a time in America when we prided ourselves on the quick recovery and cleanup of disasters? And you mean to tell me that two months after the fact, if a body has now been found? I, I find that story to be 
sadly telling of what's happening to us or what's happening to Minneapolis. That debris just suits. I was at that corner yesterday morning, um, Minnehaha and Lake Street, and yeah. they were just finishing digging out the basement of the liquor store there. Yeah. And I would say 95% of the buildings surrounding Minnehaha and Lake Street still closed or completely gone. It's just amazing to find a body two months after yeah, the fact. Two months. Yeah. Do you That's think incredible. It, do you think it had something to do with insurance claims and being tied up and things well, like I, that? I, I'm sure that all is, is factoring in, but I, I find it hard to believe that you haven't cleaned up your pile of rubble in two months. Yeah. Kenny, and maybe you said this and I just missed it. Were, are most of the places, haven't they gotten all the rubble together and gotten rid of it? Or, uh, or Well, like I said, they were just digging out the basement of the liquor store. You know, that was hit multiple nights before yeah. it was completely destroyed. Uh, the third is still all boarded up. Many businesses are being worked on. Many businesses look like they've just been abandoned, and they will wow. never mm. be worked on. Nice. But then as you travel towards St. Paul, further east, um, that, that's where you start to see the businesses that have recovered and replaced the glass. There's still some boards up all the way down to like around 34th and Lake Street. Mm. Uh, but like I said, the further east you go, the better it gets. Yeah. Minneapolis homicide detectives looking for a man they say fatally shot a taxi driver who had confronted two men breaking into his cab. The victim shot around 4.30 in the afternoon in the 1000 block of 22nd Street East. That uh, surrounding community has been rattled by violence in recent days, including the slaying of a man last week that sent an area hospital into lockdown and a double shooting also happened at nearby PV Park. On Monday, police responded to the scene after getting multiple 911 calls about shots fired in the area. When they got there, they found the victim unconscious without a pulse. They resuscitated him before he was taken to a nearby hospital. The man whose age and identity, identity weren't released died sometime later, according to police. The preliminary investigation says the victim had come upon the two men as they tried to break into his taxi. He chased them as they fled on foot. As they fled, one of them allegedly turned back and shot the victim. When we have the new Department of Happy Thoughts and Denial, who's going to uh, <laughs> handle that case, I wonder? Exactly. Reavers, um, <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes, sir. When you get carjacked, how, how's that going to play out with you? What are you going to do? Have you thought about it? Because well, I think about it a lot. I, I actually, oddly enough, have thought about it quite a bit. I have two sets of rules. Uh, one of them is my reaction when I'm alone, and one of them is my reaction if my wife or children are with me. Do me a favor, okay? Yep. Don't go down protecting that piece of bleep that you went to California to get, okay? Right. It's just a damn car. Yeah. I'd give don't that away. Down, <laughs> don't go down fighting for your car. Please don't. No, I'd probably. Because these kids will kill you. Right. As, we, yeah, as John just read. As I was telling you off the air, there's a part of me that wants to be approached by some would-be hijackers because I, I want to tell them, you wouldn't even know how to drive this bleeping thing, you idiot. <laughs> Local newspaper columnist right. killed. <laughs> right. But damn it, he got his point across. Right. He told yeah. them. The he car's still sitting there. It. They couldn't drive it. Yeah. He just only make it 100 feet away. Yeah. It's still yeah. running. I, uh, you know, uh, I am not going down fighting over that big, dumb farm truck that I owe so much money on. You know, kids, you go ahead and take this thing and do me a favor. Sink it in the river when you're done. <laughs> 
Uh, more news about the man responsible for that shooting at a judge's home on Sunday. Roy Dan Hollander was a self-described anti-feminist lawyer who flooded the courts with seemingly frivolous lawsuits that sought to eliminate women's studies programs and prohibit nightclubs from holding ladies' nights. In one of his most recent cases, he openly seethed against a federal judge in New Jersey, Esther Salas, whom he described in a self-published 1,700-page book as a lazy and incompetent Latina judge appointed by Obama. Mr. Dan Hollander uh, then left the case in which he challenged the male-only U.S. military draft last summer, telling a lawyer who replaced him he had terminal cancer. Uh, he was the fellow on Sunday afternoon, authorities say, showed up at Judge Salas's home, fired multiple gunshots, killing the judge's son and seriously wounding her husband. The judge was not injured. She was in the basement at the time. New York State Police found his body near Liberty, New York, about a two-hour drive from the judge's home after he shot himself in an apparent suicide, according to officials. You know, I know we have to apply the, the what is it, Joe, the 48-hour rule, 72-hour rule? Yep. But the, the conspiracy theories flying about this one were, were oh, pretty tough are. to ignore. Yeah. Well, There's really nowhere to go with Epstein. Uh, she just got that case. It seems hard to believe that somebody would be already on the Epstein angle for that. But, boy, you, there's there's a story there. I have a feeling there's a big, big story behind the whole Epstein situation. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. A Wisconsin bank is bringing change to their community by helping local businesses struggling because of a nationwide shortage of coins caused by the coronavirus pandemic. On Wednesday, Wait, the community... COVID can yeah. kill coins? Yep. Well, nobody's using them. Uh-huh. Nobody's outspending Chris, them. Chris, mm-hmm. why don't you do a little more listening now before I have to get out the scan bucket? Time out. Dave, take a little time wait, out wait, in the you quiet want some corner. coins? I'll Zeus. get you some coins. There's, there's, there's no <laughs> coins left for the bucket, Zeus. Reavers, take a time out in the corner. Okay. <laughs> On Wednesday of last week, the Community State Bank launched a coin buyback program. It offers a $5 bonus for every $100 worth of coins turned into any of its seven locations. Anyone who brings in coins, whether they're a bank customer or not, can receive up to a maximum coin bonus of $500. The vice president of the bank, Neil Buchanan, said, We knew we needed to figure out something. We hate the idea of telling our customers, No, we can't give you one of the services we're proud to provide. Just days after launching the program, hundreds of people had dropped off their spare change, resulting in what they are calling an incredible impact on local businesses who were struggling because of the shortage. John, John. What? Such wants to know, but he's afraid to ask. They, they still have $100 bills for guys like Joe, right? I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. Roll them off. You know. I can get you some coins. I got coins. I just Bet turned you it over. Unfortunately, it's mostly pennies. Wheat pennies. Wheat pennies. Uh, make me rich, baby. You watch. Uh-huh. Uh, last week at our uh, credit union over there, yep. yeah. I turned in my coins from the last three years. Over 500 bucks. Huh. It was beautiful. Huh. Beautiful. It's come to that, huh? Just think what that would have <laughs> yeah. done. How was, many years was that, John? Uh, about three years. Yeah, just think what that would have done in a uh, mutual fund. You might have come out a little better than 500 bucks. Oh, maybe. Josh yeah. Arnold. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I needed the money now. So, Oh, I mean, uh, uh, the state fair I'm going to need all canceled. that. I'm going to need all that, exactly. <laughs> the Minnesota State Fair has been canceled, as we know, uh, but it can't stop the summer oh. right of butter sculpting. Oh, Start- you, didn't, you didn't do the story I thought you were going to do. Go ahead, do Uh-oh. the dumb butter story. <laughs> well, thanks. Starting August 13th, the day after the crowning of the 67th Princess K of the Milky Way, the state's newest royalty and her court will have their likenesses carved in butter. 
The carving will take place in its usual location, a refrigerated booth in the fair's dairy building. While the event typically draws deep crowds of art lovers and butter buffs, this year's proceedings are closed to the public, but you can still watch. Updates will be streamed on the Princess K Facebook page through August 22nd, when the last of the sculptures of the princess and her nine attendants will be finished up. Another change this year, Linda Christensen, the Michelangelo of butter, will set out the event for the first time <laughs> since she started carving sculptures in 1972. Oh, boy. The 78-year-old artist now lives in California. She's not coming back to Minnesota this year. She says she will be here for next year's fair. In her stead, the sculpting knife will be wielded by Jerry Culzer, an artist and teacher from Litchfield, Minnesota, uh, he knows his way around a 90-pound block of butter, having served as Christensen's apprentice during the past two fairs. The story I was hoping you were going to yes. do is uh, covered in uh, Alpha News right now. And the headline, I don't think the headline's correct, but it says, Minnesota shuts down state fair, black business uh, fairs announced for August, including the Black State Fair and another one, uh, the 30, uh, Reimagine 38th Street. Uh, and that's I, I, I read that, Kenny. I read that, and I, I don't think much can be made of this. Uh, they're they're okay. literally not putting on a fair. They're putting on a business roundtable type thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And my trouble with the headline is the state didn't shut down the state fair, did they? The state fair shut it down. State fair. Well, yeah, aren't I, they part of the state, though? Yeah. Yeah. The they, in effect, the state... In effect, uh, the state said we can't have the fair, and Hammer okay. went along with it. All right. Okay. We're... Uh, we're not fans of AOC here, but this is probably not what you should go about doing. A Republican congressman from Florida reportedly called Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, well, a nasty name on the steps of the U.S. Capitol earlier this week, sparking demands for an apology and official action against the lawmaker. According to reporters who overheard the exchange, Representative Ted Yoho from Florida confronted AOC outside the Capitol in between votes Monday and called her disgusting for suggesting a recent spike in New York City crime could be attributed to hungry parents shoplifting food for their families. Uh, she reportedly fired back, calling Yoho rude. Well, as he walked away, he was overheard saying, bleeping bleep, the second word being the B word, the first one, mm. an adjective, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips, by the way, became entangled in this whole affair. He tweeted, uh, like AOC, I believe poverty to be a root cause of crime. I wonder why Representative Yoho hasn't accosted me on the Capitol steps with the same sentiment. Because you're, you're dumb, Dean. You're just not as dumb as she is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this story from Brainerd, I missed this one. Uh, I saw it in a national news feed, actually. A woman climbed into an alligator pit with her young son who, no. wandered, who wandered freely near dozens of gators while she tried to fetch her wallet. As kids watched in horror. What town? Played out what, what city? Brainerd. Oh, for Brainerd. Pete's sake. Jeez. Uh, the Safari North Wildlife Park <laughs> in Brainerd, Minnesota. Yeah, you got a lot of gators up in Brainerd. <laughs> no. Stunned all look, onlookers watching the mother and son risk life and limb. The woman's wallet was floating in the middle of a small pond chock full of gators. Not sure how it got there. And her son was dangerously gung-ho to get it back. The kid came up empty, but mom stormed in to make the rescue, And but the only uh, good move she made was figuring out a way to distract the animals long enough to grab the wallet. The mother and son are okay. Nothing happened. Uh, good laugh, and uh, the kid's uh, mom just said, quote, bleep happens to sum up the adventure. The yeah. zoo, not laughing, though. Sources close to the park said staffers did not know about the incident until that video went viral. 
and park honchos are disturbed. The zoo wants to press charges against the woman for child endangerment if they can identify her. In Florida, multiple motorists trying to avoid a head-on collision say they were forced off State Road 85 Sunday night by a man heading south who reportedly was driving in the northbound lanes, going the wrong way. It happened about 6.30 in the evening. They finally stopped the vehicle. The Sheriff's Office deputies found two small children in the car crying loudly. It was a 2012 Dodge being driven by 42-year-old Timothy Gajka. Gajka told authorities he was, quote, just trying to scare the kids driving in the wrong lane because they were misbehaving. Okay. He, was charged, he was charged with DUI, two counts of child neglect, and possession of marijuana. A northern Michigan restaurant lost thousands of dollars in sales after a busboy said he had COVID-19. But the employee just wanted the day off and lied, according to a manager. It was heartbreaking, said David Hurtico, manager at Timber's Seafood and Steakhouse. He said, I worried about my staff. I worried about uh, everything we have to do with COVID. So he was close, uh, forced to close Friday and Saturday after the claimant had to cancel a wedding rehearsal party. The timing of this, awful, of course, because they're trying to recover during the peak summer season after months of being closed. Rito said it's the second busiest weekend of the year. The employee confessed to the lie Saturday night. He said he doesn't know what he did, and I feel terrible because this is a young kid that made a mistake, but now this is a police matter. I have to apologize to a listener, uh-huh. Brian from Duluth. He said, Joe, it is a little afternoon today. While en route to Grunhoffers to load up, I was listening to yesterday's podcast and your discussion about traders, Joe, uh, Trader Joe's and all that crazy stuff. Uh, he said the cancel culture and the media have been manip- manipulating things for a long time. They know no boundaries whatsoever. Uh, it's just pretty damn sad that there are people that can't be happy and content in the best country on the planet. P.S. I did pull over into a parking lot to do this email. Didn't do it while I'm driving. Brian from Duluth making his Grunhoffers run. Uh, it won't be long, Brian from Duluth, that when you get to Grunhoffers, you'll see a new 2,500-square-foot addition <laughs> to make more of the delicious products that got you down there from Duluth. Uh, and right now, I hope I hope Brian did this right now uh, because Spencer's giving away a quarter side of beef, uh, farm-raised beef, or farm-raised whatever that would be, a cow, I guess, huh? Cow? Yeah, that'd, that'd be a cow, Joe. That'd be yeah, a cow. That's correct. Uh, that Spencer raised himself. You can stop by the store anytime uh, and register. The value of a side of beef at uh, Spencer's is 856 bucks. And Spencer will pull one name from all the entries on Thursday, July 30th. And then uh, Mr. Grunhofer himself will call you, and you can stop in to claim your prize. And then load up on meatloaf, tomahawk steaks, brats, uh, shrimp uh, skewers, you name it. It's just become a one-stop shopping paradise for the pallets of Garage Logic. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61, John. You've yes, been and uh, I, I, I made a meatloaf this weekend from Grunhofer's. Oh, boy. And uh, I ate about half of it at the meal over the weekend. Then I had a big sandwich yesterday, and I have just enough left for a big sandwich for lunch today. So The sandwiches are the best, I think. Oh, Chris, so go good. ahead and weigh in on this, Chris. I want to know your perspective about a guy <laughs> who saves meatloaf for the next three days. Go ahead, Reed. We just have to get back to those old school values, don't we? <laughs> yep. Oh, oh we we're, getting, we're getting sidekick in a can. Reavers is sure. done for yes. the day. Chris, Are you kidding Chris me? taking the rest of the day off. That's good. Sidekick in a can. That's good. Chris. Seriously? Oh. Yes, seriously. 
A bombshell lawsuit filed by two women Monday accusing former Fox News chief national correspondent Ed Henry of raping one of them and says the network star anchor Sean Hannity once offered $100 to staffers to date another woman who also is accusing Henry of sexual harassment. The federal suit says that one of the plaintiffs, Kathy Aru, was sexually harassed by other high-profile men at Fox, including Hannity, host Tucker Carlson, journalist Howard Kurtz, and contributor Gianno Caldwell. The other plaintiff, former Fox Business associate producer Jennifer Eckhart, claims that Henry raped her in addition to committing other sexual misconduct against her. Aru had been a frequent guest on Fox News, but the network says she was neither an employee nor a contributor. However, the lawsuit identifies her as meeting the definition of an employee. Manhattan federal court lawsuit comes three weeks after Fox News fired Henry for what the network said was sexual misconduct. Fox News in a statement said that an investigation had found that all of Aru's claims against the men, other than Henry, were false and that it intended to fight all of the allegations that were named in the suit. I have another story here, but I lost it on my computer. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Are you going to stay with us, John? Yeah, I do that all the time now, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, uh... We have to get into the Ilhan Omar update when we return in a moment. Minnesota business owners have had it rough the past few months. Here in Sioux Falls, we've been doing things differently. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Check out SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls, South Dakota is open for business, and we have talented people ready to go to work for you. All in a place with short commutes, safe streets, available buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. Moody's has reaffirmed South Dakota's AAA credit rating, the highest available, citing the state's stable economic outlook and smart handling of coronavirus impacts. Sioux Falls has the people you need to succeed and the freedom you want to operate your business. If you want to be open for business, expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls. Discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Discover better business and a better life in Sioux Falls. You can learn more at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. What am I going to do? Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. So it's give give Reavers permission to talk. He's not even talking to us during the breaks now. Come on, He's man. Just, no, his quiet time's not over yet. <laughs> I need I need Reavers. No. Uh, I, I need Reavers almost as much as I need DKMags.com. They're giving us a much-needed advantage. And peace of mind during this current climate of lawlessness and crime. That's poetry, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're going to find everything you need from uh, personal protection to hunting, sports shooting, cardboard shredding, whatever you're doing, you'll find at DKMags.com. They're on Old Aid up in New Brighton, a great little shop there. Uh, until until there's so many customers, so many GLers that they have to expand. Uh, they also have a second location, Monticello Pond and Gun. Two things I need to ask of you GLers. Number one. Uh, and, and do this with all of our all of our clients, all of our people, all of our sponsors. Mention to the staff that you're a GLer because that gets duly noted, allows this wonderful relationship to continue. And number two, and very important here, 
with this run, we all know this as GLers. There's a run on Second Amendment items right now, and even they have plenty of inventory on hand up there. Some purchases need to be limited so we all get something. Uh, this ain't no Costco, so don't go in there and try to buy them out of 22 shorts or 22 mags. We all need some. Like I said, I got cardboard that needs shredding and woodchucks trying to dig under concrete slabs. Give me a break. Save me some 22s. If, if you're in law enforcement or if you're in the military or a veteran or a first responder, boy, people are really down on you guys, but not us here at uh, GL or, uh, GL and not DK Mags. You're going to get to uh, another 5% off your purchases if you're in the above-mentioned crowd. DKMags.com. They're up in New Brighton or Monticello Pawn and Gun. They're a couple of wonderful shops, and lucky for us, they're run for GLers by GLers. Good luck, y'all. Headline and today, I'd, I would love to know someone who could tell me what Keith Ellison is up to. Uh, I'd like to know who Keith Ellison takes his marching orders from and what his end game is. Uh, and again, the Mysterians are becoming comically predictable. There's a really interesting piece in today's Minneapolis paper where allies of uh, Ilhan Omar are, are whining because uh, an opponent. Uh, Anton Melton Mew is raising more money than she is. Yeah, that's essentially she's she's whining about that, and Allison wades in. Isn't the Attorney General of the state supposed to be a nonpartisan uh, 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 figure? What, what? Where is he? Why does he get to weigh in and defend Omar and criticize uh, Mew for raising money? He wouldn't be criticizing Omar's uh, reaping of of treasures. No, no, he wouldn't. And I don't know why he's cutting. Uh, they, they cut him so much slack. I don't get it. Omar and her top DFL challenger, attorney Anton Melton Mew, each have raised more than 3.6 mil ahead of the August 11 primary. Much of the money on both sides comes from out of the state, reflecting Omar's national profile as one of the first Muslim women in Congress and an outspoken critic of Trump. The Republican-endorsed candidate, North Minneapolis businessman Lacey Johnson. Go Lacey! has raised more than $3.1 million, also relying heavily on out-of-town state contributors. Uh, as the money pours in, Attorney General Keith Ellison and DFL Party Chair Ken Martin held a news conference yesterday to criticize millions of dollars they say are being spent to unseat Omar by wealthy donors, some with ties to large corporations. So what? You wouldn't be saying this if that money was going to your, your gal. Exactly. You hypocrites. Martin cast contributions to unseat the DFL-endorsed incumbent as efforts to silence a progressive champion rooted in xenophobia. No, it's probably efforts to to silence a progressive champion who hates this country. That's how I would say it. And prove to me that she doesn't. If hate's too strong a word, then who eyes this country suspiciously? How's that? Is that better? No, 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 no. You were right the first time. Hate is the perfect word. It's the definition of her. Ken Martin then does not provide any examples of specific donors, but cited an analysis showing Melton Mew's average contribution on the Democratic fundraising site Act Blue in the month of May was six hundred and fifty bucks. The average donor to Omar gives eighteen bucks. So what? Melton Mew is a progressive, but he doesn't have the baggage that she does. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I. There's not a chance in hell that we would agree on much politically, but Melton Mew, uh, from everything I can gather, has no intention of using the congressional position to merely boost his own image. Right. 
Yeah. They're fully willing to eat their own to get their way. Oh, yeah. Minnesotans yeah. need to Minnesotans need to ask where this mountain of money is coming from and why are they doing it and what do they expect for it? Said Allison. Allison, what? Melton Mew released a statement Monday saying his campaign has received more than five times the amount of contributions Omar has from his, from her own district. Voters want to move past toxic politics of hate and division, which is rampant in Washington today, he said. The Omar campaign noted that she has received far more individual contributions from Minnesota donors. Both candidates have raised significant sums outside the district. But again, what Ellison is basically saying is, well, we want her to have that money. Why is he getting it? Well, because he he's, uh, offers a brighter light, Keith. Uh, Melton Muse said he raised more than three hundred twenty grand, or about 10% of his fundraising total, for Minnesotans between April and June. More than 1,500 of those contributors live within the district, which includes Minneapolis, St. Louis Park, and other western suburbs. Omar's fundraising reports have shown a similar trend. Plus, maybe, maybe Keith, he wouldn't use his money to pay, uh, to pay a, a consultant and then ultimately marry the <laughs> consultant. After flying the consultant around that. the country. Yeah. What a boondoggle <laughs> that is. My really God. Is. Uh, by the uh, way, I didn't want to interrupt you, Joe, because you're on a roll, but it is pronounced mukes. Mukes? You pronounce the X, strangely enough. Yep. Oh, Melton mukes? Yeah, and I, it took me a while to get used to that. It's mukes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I would be thrilled to see uh, Omar unseated. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a, a dreadful uh, character, and... Uh, I, I hope this guy beats her. I wish Lacey Johnson would win, but he's got a snowball's chance in hell, doesn't he? I mean, that's, <laughs> whose fault is that? That's well, it's the fault of the voters, Matt. Uh, they haven't been paying attention, and they keep voting for the wrong people. Uh, that's not right. Well, of course it isn't. But what's happened is that her constituents receive uh, uh, no uh, support from her. She is. Uh, she's been a. Uh, uh, a voice for her own, uh, just for her own identity, in her own uh, virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. So, hey, time out, boy. Ho, ho, whoa! <laughs> Chris, Chris, you, Chris? You're, uh, as we just witnessed, he, he's more than willing to respond to Matt on tape. You're putting our jobs in jeopardy. Okay. Stop it right now, Chris. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can come out of your corner now. Okay. But you got to use your indoor voice. Okay, I'm sorry. And if there's any more trouble, all right, you'll be back in a timeout. Okay, okay. And okay. you'll be thinking about what you've done. Would that be double secret probation? Yes, and the consequences that shall be paid okay. uh, for you right. behaving erratically. Got it. Just always acquiesce to our great leader, no matter how great your thought or your input may be. If wow. he interrupts you, you need to shut up and let him finish. Word. Uh, that that would be fine. That would be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Joe agrees. I will accept. I didn't know I was going to be this good today. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. But uh, boy, I really, I really, I don't have. Uh, it's uh, very unlikely that garage logicians would travel in the same circles as Keith Ellison. Uh, but I would really love to. Get to know somebody who would spill the beans on Ellison. What is he really? He gave up a congressional seat he probably could have kept till yeah. he was 90 to become mm-hmm. attorney general and to pave the way for her. And I'd like to know what I'd like to know the whole backstory. Uh, I, what, what graciousness does he see in her? But you're so right. How come nobody's calling him out? Why are they so afraid of him? Well, doesn't. I suppose I don't know the technical qualifications for attorney general. Uh, apparently, what he's the state's attorney. 
He's the state of Minnesota's attorney, and attorney generals most uh, most uh, frequently come into play in the protection of consumer rights. And uh, he's, of course, led charges to sue Trump or find Trump deplorable. And and now he's he holds a press conference. He holds a press conference to say that Milton Mukes has the audacity to be raising more money than Ilhan Omar. Yeah. Well, he's a better candidate than Ilhan Omar. He has better credentials than Ilhan Omar. And he's a, a more gracious human being than Ilhan Omar. Beyond that, I don't know anything about him. But that's already enough for me. To, if I lived in the 5th District, I'm voting for him. Well, actually, I'd be voting for Lacey. Lacey but Johnson. He more closely resembles the classic DFLer. And maybe that's why they hate him. He's not far enough left. He doesn't hate the country. Well, I haven't spent any time on his website. Well, he doesn't. I don't believe he does hate the country. He uh, no, he, but I haven't spent time on his website. For all I know, he's uh, his his uh, ideology is as progressive as Ilhan's, but I think it would come from a different place than hers. Uh, hers comes from an utter disrespect and uh, contempt for many things American. And uh, I, how that will benefit the fifth congressional district is beyond me because it hasn't yet. It hasn't yet, and it shows no uh, promise or evidence that it might. I have two rays of hope, even though it's only Tuesday. I thought maybe the the uh, listeners uh, would be worthy of a couple of rays of hope. Here's today's ray of hope. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're playing rookie now, aren't you? This is what he would do to me. <laughs> no. See, if I dressed him down, he'd punish me. No. You're punishing me. You, you put me on timeout. I, I acquiesced. And you're, and you're out of timeout now. I, I know, but I'm just staying in my lane. I push the buttons. <laughs> Did you read about the guy, uh, a man in Minnesota, this made the national news, swam more than a mile to safety after he was ejected from a boat Friday night as severe weather slammed Cass Lake? The Cass Lake County Sheriff's Office said the incident happened on Cass Lake about 130 miles northwest of Duluth. Two people were on board the boat. Authorities received a report around 8 p.m. of a missing man who was operating a boat on the lake. The caller told police the 41-year-old man fell out of the boat when a severe storm blasted the area with strong winds and heavy rain. He swam. The pair were attempting to get to shore when the driver fell out of the boat and was lost in the water, the sheriff's office said. After taking over the boat, the passengers searched for the man for several minutes. Authorities then arrived on the scene and began a search of the lake. Nearly two hours after the official call went out, the sheriff's office said the missing man was found alive. He said, uh, officials said he swam and floated about a mile and a half to a cabin on Strawberry Point. Deputies arrived and found him to be safe, just tired from swimming in the storm, the sheriff's office said. Authorities said two people in the boat were not wearing life jackets. Dozens of storm reports were logged over the weekend after big... Am I on the air? Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm fascinating... Oh, no, did we me? lose him? Hello? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hello? Hold on. Hang on, Don't hang on. Bring Don't. him down. Don't. Bring him down. I just shut him off. Hang tight. There we go. How's that for you, Mayor? Where were we? You, you were didn't t- hear I, me. No, we heard every uh, word you said. No, we, we heard we heard you right up until uh, the two passenger, the two people were not wearing life vests. Then why did I, why, why did I hear nothing but silence? 
please finish the story. It's fascinating. You left dozens us of Dozens of storm reports were logged over the weekend after big, severe thunderstorms moved through northern Minnesota into Wisconsin. And, of course, the sheriff wants to remind voters, voters of the importance of life jackets and uh, to keep a source of weather information available. But it's a great a story. The guy swam You're to shore. A seaman. Yeah, what would you have done? Swam to shore. But a, a better question is, why didn't he just wait there and get picked up by the boat? <laughs> well, that's a good point, but you know. Well, you did they lose admired. sight of? Did they lose sight of each other? Maybe in the gloaming. Eight o'clock at night up north is still really light out, but the storm could have yeah. been so dark yeah. right. that the right. uh, boater lost sight of uh, the companion who went in the drink. Oh uh, boy, I I turn into a huge wussy when I see a storm approaching. Number one, the life vest goes on. Number two, I'm making a beeline for the shore. Well, it's obviously wise counsel. You don't want to necessarily uh, threaten. You want you don't want to necessarily threaten nature because nature's going to win. Uh, I've never been ejected from a boat. I can only conclude that in this case, it must have been really choppy stuff caused by a sudden storm. And the guy goes flinging into the drink, and the in the and the other person clamors to now drive the boat. We don't know what kind of boat. Reporting isn't what it used to be. We don't know how big. We don't know anything about it. Uh, but it's surprising that they lost sight of each other well, so it's, quickly. It's clear that he did not listen to Dr. Stephen Brule and his number one rule of boat safety. <laughs> no, that's true. you got to stay in the boat. You have to stay, stay with the boat. boat. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to play it for us. But I can't. It's uh, Yeah, we can't play that stuff anymore. Why? Copyrighted uh, uh, material, sir. Really? Yep. Yep. Well, when you're swimming on a weed-free beach by Aquaside, uh, you're not going to worry about being ejected from a boat. Uh, you're going to be on the beach. It's going to be nice and sandy with that gin-colored clear water because you're going to see right to the bottom because Aquaside will have removed all the weeds, the unknown vegetation, and, and, and the algae. They've been keeping beaches clean for people for more than 60 years. They're a White Bear Lake company. They have a full line of products that are completely safe for you, the fish, and your family. These products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR. There is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or swimming hole this summer. Call Aquaside because they'll identify the problem and then get you the right product. It could be the Aquaside pellets, which are a top seller. They'll identify your weed problem, make sure your place looks great all summer long. And when I'm out on the pontoon boat on Spoon Lake, I can, I can tell which people have used Aquaside because that's where all the kids are. I suppose if you didn't want the kids around, you wouldn't call Aquaside. That's right. Uh, but I would recommend that you do. You can call them at 1-800-328-9350, White Bear Lake Company, by the way, or go to Aquaside.com. Plenty of swimming left this summer. is turning into one of the greatest swimming summers we've had in recent memory. Get to Aquaside.com. What's the most important thing to know for going on a boat? Most important thing is is safety. Nope. Most important thing is uh, stay in the boat. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. If you have not done so yet, introduce yourself to our new friends at Harmony Spirits. Handcrafted spirits made right here in the great state of Minnesota. Harmony, Minnesota, to be exact. Great guys, and they are open for patio service with a limited menu and outdoor seating Fridays and Saturdays, 12 to 9, and Sundays from 12 to 5. But here's how you can really help them out and expand their brand. First of all, the 
the bourbon whiskey with the little ginger ale and about three cubes. Oh, my Lanta. That is a perfect summertime drink, preferably later in the evening. However, go to your local liquor store and do like what I did with our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Just request that they carry Harmony Spirits. And that's how they're going to continue to grow their brand. They're in a number of stores in and around the, uh, the metro area. And if you go to Ace Spirits in Hopkins, Minnesota, they will ship it right to your door in a number of states. Check out their Twitter account, at Harmony Spirits, and it will show you all of the options available and where they can ship to. Great guys, fantastic handcrafted local produced spirits. Harmony Spirits, let them know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. You know, I said I had two rays of hope, the first being the fellow that managed to successfully swim to shore in a oh, yeah. storm on Cass Lake, and the second is, do you guys like cabbage? No, I love gross. Only in yeah. coleslaw. I love it. Only in coleslaw. coleslaw. How, how about sauerkraut? No, I love no. sauerkraut. Oh, I like sauerkraut. Worst well, John, you're, John, you and I are going to we're, we're going to beat COVID nineteen. Oh, good. According to a new study from France, foods containing raw and fermented cabbage may be beneficial against the coronavirus by reducing the levels of a compound that helps the virus infect the body. This is according to the South China Morning Post. The study found that cabbage, whether raw, pickled in sauerkraut, or mixed into coleslaw, as well as cucumbers and kimchi, the Korean delicacy made from pickled cabbage and other vegetables, could help people build up resistance to the virus. What? Wow. Let's lay in some cabbage here. No doubt. No kidding. The European huh. researchers said the abundant antioxidants in the vegetables could explain why countries where cabbage is a key part of the national diet, like Germany and South Korea, had lower fatality rates than hard-hit countries such as the uh, us. <laughs> Dr. Jean Busquet, professor of pulmonary medicine at Montpellier, Montpellier University in France, said diet may play a larger role in determining who contracts the virus and how well they fare fighting it. Little attention has been given to the spread and severity of the virus and regional differences in diet. But diet changes may be of great benefit. Nutrition may play a role in the immune defense against COVID-19 and may explain some of the differences seen in COVID-19 across Europe. I have now changed my diet, and it includes raw cabbage three times a week, sauerkraut once a week, and pickled, pickled vegetables, he said. This is fascinating. Wouldn't it be something if it was as simple as getting some coleslaw every night? I do love oh, coleslaw. Hell no. no, that's awful. I would rather go down to Lake Hiawatha on a hundred uh, degree day and drink about five gallons of that poop water. <laughs> I, wow. I don't know what to, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the opinions of Kenny Olson are not <laughs> those of the office of the mayor. Of Garage Logic, the seat of Gumption County. There's understanding these, worse than cabbage. Understanding these differences in protective factors like diet, but many others too, is of paramount importance and may eventually help control these epidemics. The, the study, published in the journal Clinical and Translational Allergy, looked at virus death rates and national dietary differences. It found Germany had significantly lower mortality, as did Austria, the Czech Republic, Poland, Slovakia, the Baltic states, and Baltic states, and Finland, where cabbage is popular. Bulgaria, Greece, and Romania also had reduced death rates, whereas fatalities were much higher in Belgium, France, Italy, Spain, and the U.S.K. and the U.K., where less cabbage is consumed. Hmm. 
Busquet, former chair of the World Health Organization's Global Alliance Against Chronic Respiratory Diseases, said the antioxidant-rich foods could be another arrow in the quiver of researchers seeking to stem the pandemic. Fermented foods have potent antioxidant activity and can protect against severe COVID-19, he said. But unfortunately, the last line of the story is the study has not been peer-reviewed. <laughs> ah. So oh, cabbage rolls. What the, if the old work? Trumper? Oh, what if the sure? Gross. What if the old Trumper comes out today and starts touting cabbage? Hey, I cabbage. just heard today that the cabbage <laughs> might be the answer. Cabbage could be the answer. John, you uh, had a story was, about. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say, growing up, I think I've told you guys this on the air. One of my favorite things was my grandma would make on Fridays German meals, mostly mm-hmm. dough meals, because. Mm-hmm. We were good Catholics, of course. Sure. Uh, and there's one called Grautnip, which is just little dough balls fried with sauerkraut. Oh, oh one of my favorite geez, meals ever. Gross. Bet that was good. I huh? still make it. Oh, I still oh, make yeah. it once in a while. You get the dough a little crusty, you know. A little crusty. Oh, that sounds yeah. wonderful. Oh. Well, could you get fancy and put a little meat inside the the little dough balls? Uh, you could, but we didn't because it was Friday and we we're good well, Catholics. Yeah, you can eat meat on Fridays now. The only well, this was in the sixties. You just have though, to so. pay extra. That's all. That's all. The the only, there were, has. You can do anything were, as long as you pay extra in the Catholic Church. <laughs> there were many of those meals. Kenny, take uh, a timeout. Go to the timeout <laughs> corner. Oh, tell, me go now. tell me it's not true. Come on. Well, it's true, but take a timeout. <laughs> I will go stand in the corner. Yeah. John, you were talking about that coin shortage earlier. In the yes. News. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, too, have unredeemed coins. I never get around to redeeming them. Uh, when I do, it's a big beer cup. It's about 75 bucks. But yeah. about every other day, what I do is I take the change out of my pocket, and it's 26 cents or whatever it is, and I just pile it up there on the workbench in the garage. And then when the scooter's out of gas, I just grab, uh, you know, two bucks worth of change, and I'm good for another 70 miles. Oh yeah, you're one, are, yeah, you're one yeah. of those guys that walk up to the counter with <laughs> yep. change. Yep, yes I am, and I bet you know what? I bet now I'm I'm uh, they're grateful for that because there there's a change shortage. Yeah. So here comes here Mr. Here comes change. old two bit souchere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what what are you gonna do, Joe, when you can't use cash in about a year and a half? I'm not gonna function well. Uh, but but what I wanted to tell you is, uh, and when I fill that scooter, it's to turn an errand into an adventure, and you can do the same thing. After you visit EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, you can start your own little change collection in the garage because that's all the money you'll ever need to gas those babies up. It's a way to beat the man at the pump and really great for urban transportation, not to mention the Bintelli e-bikes with five levels of electric assist, the full range of recreational equipment for kids, helmets, apparel, great service department. Uh, Tim Bloom sends a truck through town once a day, picks up what you need servicing, Gets it out to a shop in Forest Lake right there on Highway 61. Fixes it, returns it to you. They love GLers. GLers love EcoFun. I, I really want to remind you that these little scooters, if you can't get your Bintelli e-bike, check out the scooters and turn your own errands into adventures. And it'll never cost you more than 2 bucks at a time at the pump. How is that for putting it to Mr. Big Oil? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Big Oil. Uh. Even Joe Biden might approve if I rode the scooter. <laughs> That's EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. You mentioned uh, Mr. Biden. Did you see the latest headline that I just saw come across the crawl? No. He's unveiling a $775 billion caregiver. 
uh, program. I, where where's the money supposed to come from? Oh come on, Joe. We got and and Trump's Trump's guilty of this. He spends money like a drunken sailor. He doesn't drink. Uh, but this is ridiculous. This country's debt and deficit are ridiculous. Does any adult going to handle that? No, is any adult going to go after that? They need your quarters, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I would never do this date in Minnesota history, but I do do them when they come to me all the way from Mumbai, India, courtesy of Thomas, uh, Tom uh, Lyman in Mumbai, India. In 1856 on this day, James J. Hill arrived in St. Paul to work as a shipping clerk for J.W. Bass & Company. He would eventually make his fortune as a railroad baron and business tycoon. Uh, and on this day in 1820, Lewis Cass, governor of Michigan, which at the time included present-day Minnesota, reaches what he erroneously believes to be the source of the Mississippi River, a lake called ga misk Uh Huh? A lake uh, where there are many red cedars by the Ojibwe. Afterwards, oh. the settler colonists began to call it Cass Lake, which was just in our uh, show uh, 10 minutes ago because that's the lake where the fellows successfully swam to shore mm-hmm. after getting tossed out of the boat in, uh, in a storm. And on this day, in 1879, Joseph A. A. Burnquist is born in Dayton, Iowa. Between 1915 and 1921, he would serve as the 19th governor of the state and lead the Minnesota Commission of Public Safety. He died in Minneapolis on January 12th 1961. Man, he lived a long life, huh? And those are brought to you by Tom Lyman, all the way from Mumbai, India. Can I do one? And I think you'll approve. It's a birthday, yeah. 1899, yeah. Hemingway. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. 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 Very good, uh, GLers. Thank you very much for your time and attention, and these classes will continue all throughout the week. Oh, very good. Very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't forget to download the PodMN app, by the way. It's your chance to check out past episodes of Garage Logic, and also maybe check out some new podcasts True Crime, Fret Club, Table Talk, past episodes of The Beer Show, so much more. Pod MN, and there's also a listener reward section where you can win prizes just by downloading episodes via the Pod MN app for your smartphone. Also, Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Mike uh, talked to me this morning about that. Love the plug about the Smoke Fire Grill from Weber. You have to check it out. I sent up a tweet about, oh, two weeks ago. Check out the Smoke Fire Smoker, courtesy of Weber and Fratelloni's Ace Harbor. We'll talk to you tomorrow.